But right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole. Now live. Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Para-X Radio Welcome. This is Andrea Vitamus, and I'll announce my guest, sometimes co-host. You know him, you love him. Shaman Jim, who's going to probably be more and more of a co-host occasionally on the show, if either me or Jason has an unfortunate incident like Jason has this weekend uh, with the city of Columbus, who threatened him to kill him if he didn't paint his house or something. So he's painting his house. I know. That's not the most fun thing. I think he would rather be doing the radio show. Uh, but that's how it rolls. So we have a couple announcements, I think. Uh, just to go over, August 12, 2017, we're still going to be at the Conjure Fest, Detroit Conjure and Folk Magic Fest. And I'm just looking at this website, and there's, you know, I'm one of the presenters, obviously. I'm teaching classes on sweeteners and getting the getting back into the spirit of conjure work uh which will be a fun class i didn't quite name it like that but you have other presenters such as jackie smith corvus nocturnum christina white samuel wilson uh yvette willis joseph sweet uh, just uh Re- reverend jackie uh, mercer who, who throws the bones uh, Mambo Ajula, you know, so yeah, there's just, just tons and tons, the list goes on and on and on, actually, from here. I mean, uh, that was just half the list of presenters. So, if you're going to go anywhere in the summer, this event is only is only going to be like 50 bucks. Yeah, I know. Uh, we tried to talk Kenya into maybe charging a little bit more, but... That isn't going to happen. She's not going to charge anymore. So if you're going to go to one event in Detroit this whole summer for one day, you need to go to this event. And uh, there's like a lot. You could go down to the casinos after the fact. Just just a ton of places that you could go in Detroit after the fact. I mean, Detroit's got some pretty cool stuff. I mean, even though people think it's a burned out city, it's not. It's cool. Uh, so there's lots of things to do in Detroit after you come out to the Conjure Fest. So uh, there you go. After that, 
Jason would tell me to plug my own shape-shifting course and maybe Shaman Jim would. I, I hope he can, he's on the line still. Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, yeah, so Shaman Jim, would you tell me to plug my own shape-shifting course? That's a, hey, why don't you plug your shape-shifting course? Well, you're supposed to plug my shape-shifting course. Usually that's Jason plugs it for me. So, But the shape-shifting <laughs> course, because you, you know what's in it, a lot of what's in it. So um, a shape-shifting course is always going on. I'm always refining it, uh, and it's just we have life-changing uh, things. I think I taught a, a, a webinar. We also do free webinars continuously. So you get in the course, and there's always new material that you can get, and... It's an online course, but uh, it takes you to the point of being able to do real spirit work. It's, so it's not quite your weekend shaman training uh, because it actually takes a whole year. And then when you get there, uh, it's fantastic. It really, you, you just, the, the life changes I've seen and everyone doing it. It is a really good course. I, I have to admit, I like some of the material that you've come up with and, um, for those that have not taken it yet, you should, but the, the thing that you'll find interesting about it is, is it really makes you think. It really makes you examine all your perceptions about what's going on with your world, with your life, and, and challenge them and see what, yeah, I mean, you get to the point where you are the one that's uh, in charge. You're, you're in the driver's seat of your life, which is something that I know a lot of people are looking for. And this is how you do it. If you're committed and you can take the time, you can have really effective changes, really effective magic. And it's, it's right there. You just got to sign up for it. So the, uh, in other news, we have announcements for mm, June. In case people are wondering on the domagic.com, of course, what is do magic? We present a magical challenge and then send everyone off to go do that challenge for 30 days. And June starts the magical challenge uh, for this this time around. And the challenge this time is one of enchantment uh, with the backing of actual life planning to actually do enchantment along with putting it into a life plan that you can then put the underground steps and back up your enchantments that you're doing for a greater purpose. And um, go check it out at DoMagic.com. People always have like tremendous life changes just by doing the magic for 30 days. That's what we always say. In this case, we're throwing in a little bit of strategy with your magic too, a little bit of tactics to kind of get down what physical steps you have to go through as well as the magic you should be doing. And that's what people are doing right now. And there's a whole strong, supportive community on the Do Magic uh, Facebook group, as well as the, although it's less less uh, busy, the Do Magic Google groups, Facebook groups has a lot more people talking and chatting. Uh, so, and you'll see the Do Magic, except for recently, somebody tried to steal our hashtag, but do hashtag do magic people are posting stuff all over the place and what they're doing and it's just um, a great community of people actually doing the work as opposed to you know some authors would come out there they just talk about it they get in fights with other authors for no reason uh, <laughs> to just uh, sell more of their books I won't name any names but maybe I will if you press me on it because I've had an angry week so I might say names now 
but Stephanie, ooh, ooh, Stephanie, let's go. Let's, Stephanie let's burn Reiser, the house down. Come on, let's go. Stephanie Reiser, she comes on the show or calls in today. She can name some names for us about people who are so busy arguing about on Facebook that they're too busy to actually do their own creative work. Uh, so let's leave it at that. <laughs> um, but um, unlike that, and unlike most authors who want to just get into fights all the time, it seems like the Do Magic uh, community is all about doing the freaking magic. And uh, we really support that and support each other in that goal. And it's uh, really great because there's several there's several authors in that community uh, and uh, on the site. And it's wonderful to see author, non-author, just people doing the magic, having life breakthroughs, supporting each other. It's what the work should really be about and what really kind of the magical community should be about in my humble opinion <laughs> i don't have any other events planned except for pagan pride cleveland and pagan klein free when we will be doing an angelic seven planetary angelic rituals uh at cleveland pagan pride as a blessing to everyone i don't know which night and i don't have a name for it but we're doing it as one of the main rituals uh, I've gotten my classes in uh, for Pagan Pride. I'll be teaching both days, so you should come out and check it out. Their website is crossroadsuniversal.org. And uh, Pagan Pride in Cleveland is August 26th and 27th. And, of course, in July, don't we have something coming up at your store, Jim? Yes, we do. We still have on the schedule uh, fairy shamanism classes. We're going to we're gonna, we're gonna do it. We're going to do it. Uh, we just don't have any details because I got a little <laughs> a little gun shy about teaching the class. I really, seriously, I don't I don't want to teach the class. I'm doing it because uh, Jim asked me to teach the class for his birthday, but I think it'll break people. And I've had too many people who honestly blame. Um, honestly want to blame other people and everything but themselves for their problems. And to be quite honest, that's not going to work with these type of beings. Um, they'll tear you apart um, uh, when you start doing that. And that, that, that's happened in too many cases. Uh, because they look, they, they don't care. They don't have human ethics. And what you get out of the journey is more important than what you're asking for sometimes. And that's a hard concept to tell modern, um, I think, Modern occult seekers just don't understand that sometimes. It's not, they're not interested in the journey. They're interested in, or the results that come from the journey, they only, they're interested in the black and white. This is exactly what I got, is what I expected. Well, I think that's kind of true of society in general, actually. Yeah, it is, actually. And most magics don't work that way, or at least the most higher magics don't work that way. You might get sigils to work that way, but... That's not been my experience in higher, <laughs> higher order magics. Hey, while we're doing a little plugola, can I plug uh, my appearances at Michigan Pagan Festival? That's in June as well, the 22nd to the sure. 25th. It's a four-day outdoor festival where I'm going to be doing three different workshops, including one that, that I think you would like, Andrea. Uh, um, this is one that uh, has become kind of a favorite of mine did it last year really well and it is uh, a class called the oral tradition and it's the concept that in older societies the the elders did not sit around and carefully explain things to people and 
that you just basically sat around and listened and tried to keep up. And we are recreating that at Pagan Fest because I get as many of the elder practitioners as I can manage. We get together in an area and we talk about what we think needs to be talked about and what we think the spirits want us to talk about. And it's everybody else's job to just listen. We we will take written questions. <laughs> There's no guarantee I'll even look at them, much less use them. Probably irritates people to even hear that. that. <laughs> Last year, it actually went really well. I was really happy with it. I'm also doing a talking stick ritual, which some uh, friends refer to the. It is the watch Shaman Jim make people cry ritual, and uh, and then also that, the fire like, ceremony. That that's been like every ritual I've ever done is like watch people cry ritual. It seems like so. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's good for us, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Guess so. I guess so. So, well, 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 my fine, not normal co-host, what should we talk about today? I don't know. I got a couple different topics. I, I threw it out there on my Facebook page to to have some topics that people were interested in. And um, there's a couple of them that were kind of intriguing. And one that I think a lot of people are curious about, but I don't know... I don't know that you and I have ever talked about it all, and that's kind of uh, the topic of shadow people and what are they and how do we define them. I see a lot of stuff online from from fairly normal uh, spiritual encounters to these weird conspiracy theories to people trying to uh, explain it with just psychology. So I don't know. Is that something you want to talk about a little bit? I think it would be kind of fun. Yeah, well, we, uh, I definitely have tried to experiment with the shadow people. Um, I don't think it's all in people's heads. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, my explanation is going to be uh, weird, I think. But I think it's one that's out there. Um, I, I think in shadow people, like normal spirits, I think share, uh, they don't quite share all the dimensions that we do um, at all. Right? That's obvious, right? Because... Mm -hmm. And they especially don't share time, and they don't share space um, in the same way. That's why we have to use our minds to connect with them. I think shadow people don't share space in the same way as us. Like, like we're seeing like a different dimensional coordinate, like almost like a dimensional bleed-in. People don't realize there's like ten dimensions of space in classic physics. This is even it's like. Physicists believe there's 10 different dimensions that compromise the physical reality. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, I think, like, what we think is shadow people are probably, uh, there's, like, they overlap in some dimensions, but not in a way that seem to um, make sense. Like, so if you can, I've been able to interact with shadow people and get them to do things if I was... If I try to slip into different dimensions, like spatial dimensions, as an actual type of, I don't know, thought experiment, and then I can sort of communicate with them, but they don't exist. They don't seem to exist in the same dimensional coordinates that we do. Now, how would they compare, in your opinion, to 
to other spirits that we do interact with. I mean, you and I in, uh, fairly commonly interact with spirits. How would you would you say they're different or I think a they, variation I, of? No, no, I think they are different. I think we're built to interact with spirits. Like mm-hmm. I think I think in general we are. Our minds are built to interact with spirits. Mm-hmm, I would agree there, with that. There's an interface. Oh, I mean, even in the biology of belief, there's certain cues in our minds that basically we're sort of tied to be able to interact with the spiritual world. Now, shadow people, it's like an accident that we can interact with them. Like some people can interact with them, but it's like I know some people attribute them to the very maliciousness but I tend to I don't know I tend to rule out that right off the start because like everything is malicious yeah well I mean yeah that that is actually people a lot of people tend to jump right to to that when they encounter something they're not familiar with but um, I would agree that there there is there are malicious spirits out there and so the shadow people would be included but I don't know I, I I hesitate to jump to that blanket conclusion that all of them are malicious. Well, this is the thing too like shadows that are moving on the ground with uh, um, like people like forms doesn't not necessarily there's shadow people but there's multiple different spirits that could do that. And that they don't necessarily they're not all the same things either, right? So I don't think we're, we can even discuss, say that they're one thing because sometimes those things can be fairy spirits that are interacting with you in a purposely mm-hmm. scary way. Sometimes they can be infernal spirits that are trying to screw with you, you know. And sometimes they're just these shadow people that are like sort of seem like, I don't know, not devoid of spiritual energy but like echoes almost to me. I don't know. Have you ever seen a shadow person? You know, I have to admit that's what makes me a little curious about them. Is I've not. I, I have uh, dealt with things that that are in the shadows, but they tend to be, you know, uh, projections of spirits more like we're familiar with. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't had, and and so I'm always kind of curious. Am I not seeing them just because? just because uh, I haven't had that opportunity yet, or am I tuned in a little bit different because of the work that I do where I don't perceive them the same way? I I think think they're somewhat less common than people think. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I had to go out with Jason for a while to find some. Well, we were looking for, like, many hours. Like, it was not, like... And then we were going to places that they were sort of known to be at, which, again, kind of goes into this... You know, if there's a dimensional, a weird dimensional kind of folding or something, that would explain a location-based thing where they don't really interact. Mm-hmm. Just, it's like watching a, uh, you know, it's like watch. It was almost like watching a, a silhouette, like a movie. Like I, I have to admit though, it's still kind of uh, explain to me a bit more because it's I still find it hard to understand how. Okay, I understand that there's a dimensional aspect that you're talking about, but don't you experience that with regular, quote-unquote, spirits as well? I mean, how how is the, what does the do. difference lie in? No, 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 I do. But I don't think most people do, right? I think okay. for most people, I think we can admit, most people, I think, experience spirits as a mostly mental phenomenon, right? Um, I don't, 
Because, like, I, I'm probably powerful enough of a evoker and summoner that reality breaks a little. Um, but even then, if I wasn't doing the summoning, they would not have necessarily so much of a, a handle on time and space. Okay, that's fair. Right? They have a handle on time and space because of me shaping the energies, or you shaping the energies. Um and or the fairies they have a good handle on space and time if they want to um if they want to bother with it but then it's like an intentional them shaping that's not their natural state right it's it's them um them deciding to do it as a for our benefits almost you know, whereas this is like not necessarily either for benefit or detriment. So, so shadow people are more more likely to be accidental intrusions. Is that what you mean? I don't even know if they're intrusions. That's the okay. other thing. Well, uh, uh, instead of intrusion, let's let's use the word overlap. Accidental yeah, overlap. My experience was it was almost like a projector. Like if you had a different set of. Uh, dem- dimensions mm-hmm. it's like and light work differently like you know but you have a shed you have something to cast a shadow except you can't see the source of what's blocking the light from the shadow because it's in a different dimension it just happens to overlap like so you can see them interacting or or you know, you you can see them moving, but it's a lot of times, a lot of the stories is they don't interact. Now, there's other stories where they do interact with people and they do sinister things, but I would argue those are not really classical shadow people, per se. The the ones that interact more were probably more spirits using that form or uh, using that as a a way to be detected or or to cause fear or something like that. Right, because using shadows is a, a traditional... Uh, yeah, I mean, shadow walking is a traditional spiritual discipline in in itself, and uh, like a darker shamanic skill in itself, and it's a darker spiritual skill that spirits, darker spirits, can do to meld and cast shadows in odd ways to create fear because they're it's like cloud forming, you know except with shadows so we're naturally because things are darker outside have a heightened more heightened resource so it's easier to create fear mm-hmm. with with those kind of things you know so yeah those are a little different those that's reacting to you in a way and you know if you were going to perform an exorcism in a lot of those cases you you probably get a response to yeah, probably. If you did some sort of banishing or, or something like that, you'd probably get a, a, a response where, if what you're saying, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly, and like yeah, the yeah, more yeah, traditional yeah. shadow people, you might not get so, any sort of response. That was my experience. Well, unless you start doing like weird stuff, uh, trying to mess with dimensional space, like in a magical sense, that way we're getting responses. Like, uh, you know, like when you're trying to go to like, 
the fifth dimension or so and try to mess with the space. And then you'd get some, even ping the space. You can get weird responses and like they notice something, they notice something is different. But like, yeah, you do a lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram or something and it's like, we were trying to mess with them and it, it, it you just, it didn't seem, like my experience was it didn't seem to do anything until you start messing with space. Like trying to mess with space and then they well, notice do, that do something Do you think the shadow wrong. people are, are, are related to a time phenomenon or is it another dimension? I don't know. I mean, but time is in itself a dimension. So well, this is true. So at that point, it could be a time phenomenon, like because it gets you know what it gets very weird once you get out of. For us, it's very weird when there's any combination of dimensions that isn't R four. Like, so you can have other combinations of dimensions that could cause any sorts of weird projections here. You know, and including time effects, like a, a loop time effect, you know, could easily have, have some of the shadow people. That could be it. They could, they could, ex it could just be another world that is just touching ours, but all you can see is the projection because they have four dimensions, which would, from their perspective, it could look like and be like another full world, like what we have here, but... All we see is the, the shadows. So it might be like if we occasionally experience some sort of weird two-dimensional space for a brief moment. Yeah. I and mean, how do we know that maybe that our, our four dimensions that we exist in aren't casting shadows in the other dimensional combinations? That's true. We definitely do. So what kind of – I got two questions then. So one is, is more – uh, practical, like what did you do any sort of experiments, or what was like when you encountered the shadow people? And second one is is more maybe theoretical, uh, thinking about like astral work, journey work, uh, that sort of thing. I wonder if it's possible to touch those other dimensions that the shadow people reside in that way as well. I think so. Um, I think it definitely is possible to math. Well, I mean it was. What, what, what I tried with Jason a couple times was like condensing and contracting space, which is, is I won't go into how I do that, but it, you can make space kind of flutter. And especially once you get to the astral plane, you can mess with space. Um, and you could certainly... What is it? That's just like... It's either you or Jason's got drag racing going on every week. <laughs> I know it. I'm way out here in the middle of nowhere, and yet there's a little subdivision, and there's an idiot that always insists on taking out of here like, like it's some sort of drag course. Yeah. It's either you or Jason. Last week it's Jason, like it's like it always drag racing down Front Street. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, I think uh, I think. You know, isn't it I funny? It, just yeah. a side note here, isn't it funny? The stuff that a microphone picks up and that it doesn't. I, I know, right? Like doing these shows has always made me realize it's like, you know, something I was worried about was going to be loud wasn't audible at all, and then something that was that I didn't think made a sound was just like, you know, like it came through a foghorn or something. This is kind of crazy. 
I know. I know. It is kind of crazy. You know, I, I, strange thought, but I wonder if that is, uh, I wonder if that's related to the topic in a way, like the projections we see, because the question came in in the chat room too about has anyone ever seen animals and that sort of thing. And I, I'm wondering almost like uh, how much of the shadow people, it's, it's completely accidental on their part. Like if, if we were trying to do it or if they were trying to do it, if we were trying to project our shadows into another dimension or if they were really trying to project in ours, how much more difficult than it would be than these accidental ones? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, for me, like, you know, I was able to mess with, uh, mess with them or get them to notice, at least by, like, kind of playing around with space and astroplane. So they would at least look at that direction, like look where the anomaly was mm-hmm. and I could get them to follow me but that was about all I could do <laughs> it's kind of interesting well, this, uh, I, I, mean, I, I, like, and I couldn't find any real practical use for it other than they would follow like they would jump like I got one to jump from tree to tree to follow me but then I couldn't I couldn't figure out what else to get it to do He, that's an interesting question. You got to, uh, what would people, I mean, I don't know. There's people that are really interested in the shadow people. I wonder if they've got more data on this than I do, but what. Uh, oh, I agree with what, what, what she said. She said she saw one that seemed to be a weasel without the certain details and it seemed solid black. And we reached out. Uh, it, it felt like it was physically there. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like, the, if they all feel like they're physically there, it's the, which. Again, if the dimensionality is, is there, touch is, again, that could be a product of a, like a, a weird dimensional projection. But I couldn't, I couldn't with the shadow people, me, CC, Jason, he apparently has much more time on his hands than me, right? <laughs> what time that he should be painting a house with, apparently. Well, apparently, like, because he'll go out and be like, oh, yeah, he'll go out and look for shadow people and all the time. And, like, he wants to go back out to um, doing more ghost hunting. And I'm kind of, you know, like, yeah, I want to do my master's degree, uh, finish it off, and uh, this other thing and that. Uh, you know, because, like, what people don't realize is you go shadow person hunting or ghost hunting, most of the day, it's like you're just standing around. <laughs> or most of the night. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> ghost hunting in general, I think, right? Right. And I told them, like, I said, there's been a couple times where I'm like, Jason, do you just want me to summon something so you rate things, pick something up? Because... I'm getting kind of bored. And he'll be like, no, it's not how you do this. I'm like, no, no. I mean, you know, we, here we're in this, like, old abandoned, like, you know, hospital. I could, I can go call something. There'll be something for you to find. Sounds sounds like some of the, like, hunters and fishermen in, in my area. It's like, no, we can't go to a stocked pond. There's no sport in that. Yeah, it's like that. It's, you know. You know, I, I do admit uh, on Kat's question about seeing an animal that, that immediately the, the part of my brain turns on, like, what, uh, how would you define that? How do you know it's a shadow projection versus another spirit trying? To, I mean, just because it's dark necessarily doesn't mean 
that it was a shadow creature, do you do other follow-up? What other things did you do to, to see if that was an omen or a spirit animal or something like that as opposed to a shadow being? That's a... We always get into, you know, we get in these debates. It's hard sometimes because how do you define one from the other to do the the follow-up work and the accounting, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, always gets yeah. a, it gets a little tricky sometimes. Well, yeah, it does. It's this, this is the thing about the shadow. And also, like, you have to realize, like, I'm not in favor of a lot. I, I don't want to rip on a lot of the ghost hunters right now, but... Right now, I detected that comma right now. Well, a lot of it is taken very Christian bent on it, right? So everything's a freaking demon all the time. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, you know, we go to the shows, it's always a demon. And um, first of all, demons are kind of relatively rare that they could get away from their masters to this plane. <laughs> knowing a lot about this topic, I'm saying that with some degree of certainty that they have better things to do. <laughs> well, plus, I, I know I know you got your uh, your Demons Are People Too t-shirt, so, you know, you don't know. <laughs> I don't think I quite have that t-shirt. But, <laughs> uh, but they, they definitely have think better things to do. But everything is a demon, and, and a lot of that... Like, where the shadow people are given real sinister things, and when you are asking, well, what behavior do they have, sometimes it's described as just a cold feeling, you know, and then they're attributed all these other sinister attributions, but there's no data for yeah, that sort of sinister... That's what exactly what one of my friends said, uh, the one that actually posted this question. She said that one time she encountered one, and, and it passed through her and for just a second, and it felt like... Um, she was going through so through some sort of liquid, uh, like cool water, mostly kind of a, a fluid sort of feeling, and then it was just gone. That was it. There was no real Sit, right. damage or ill right, intent. Right. Or and the stories are, are like are crazy with some of the ill conspiracy theories about this. There's, there's no doesn't seem to be a lot of evidence to back that up. Like anytime I've seen one with Jason, I, honestly. It's it's momentarily unless I do something to mess with space, then they seem to like be intrigued, like like more like what the hell, like almost like like they notice something about space is different and they want to figure that out, um, which goes back to the dimensional theory. Well, you know, as as my my dear and lovely wife will say, sometimes at the owl, we have people come in and ask questions, and they talk about things that have have scared them, or or they're having nightmares about, or or that sort of thing. And and as she said many times, you know, if you project fear out there long enough of something, or strong enough of something, there's some spirit somewhere that'll say, "Hmm, well, I can take that form. I'll eat that energy. That's not a problem." Absolutely, absolutely. And then fear is becoming more and more common in our current society. So, yeah, sadly enough, boy, we—that's a whole another topic. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, one that 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 would get even me hate mail. So, probably, probably get us both hate <laughs> quickly. Hate Although hate I'm mail. not as lucky with the hate mail as you are. I don't know. I. 
ah, I just must be too nice or something. I don't know. It's uh, I don't get the hate mail you do. I just get the hate mail from my friends, I think, or <laughs> people who I think are my friends, right? <laughs> people who want to crash your Facebook group and cause hassles. Yeah, or, or, or learn all the secrets I have to give people until they don't like what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> then, screw you, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cool. Thank you for uh, riffing on that with me a little bit. Is I honestly, like I said, I've never encountered one. I haven't read a lot of literature about them, so I really just wasn't that familiar with them. And, they, and then people seem to know where they hang out. Like paranormal researchers kind of map, can map out like stories of where they seem to appear, which again goes to this weird, maybe it's a geography thing, or there's an, another reason that this is going on that has to do with the geography too but it still talks to talks about space in the fact that it seems to be certain locations have more of them on certain occasions right right do you think that's more i i personally think that's really common with a lot of spiritual encounters i've noticed that yeah but even the type of spiritual encounters are it's not necessarily that there's more spiritual encounters in the area that there's more of these shadow people like like i know what you're talking about like in river areas where there's like multiple rivers like you'll get more right, spirits right. because of well, the water right you know or underground rivers you'll have lots more dead because of the water and stuff like that but it's not necessarily corresponding like to those things it's like it's not it's not an obvious like leyline or shaman correspondence but it just seems some areas have more activity with those things. Right. Well, uh, what I'm kind of getting at was that, uh, kind of like you said, that sometimes spirits tend to favor, uh, you can find more of a certain spirit in a, in a certain spot. But just even that, that there's even like, I don't know, I almost feel like sometimes like you could get a map book or a Google, uh, you could use your Google pinpoints or something like that. And you could you could definitely mark out areas where certain spirits are more likely to appear, whether that's from dimensional yeah, yeah. weakness or it just happens yeah, yeah. to be their favorite spot. It's like going in my living room, you're more likely to find me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you definitely could do that. I've actually always thought that that would be kind of cool to have a map like that. It's something that I've played around with the idea of for a long time now. And I just, you know, with my Marauder map. Yeah. Well, in a way, yeah, I, I was actually talking that sometimes some of the old uh, plat books that you can get the, the, that really mark out uh, an area in like a County well that cover all the little creeks and, and, old property lines and that sort of thing would be kind of cool because you could, I have a theory that you could really map out things in a way that other people could recreate and reproduce. Like you could say, this rock is where this spirit lives. It's got, it, it won't disclose its private name, but here's a public name. Here's the kind of offerings that it likes. Cause you know, I, I honestly wouldn't want to give even, even, for something that I use primarily for myself, I wouldn't want to give write down spirits real names because I wouldn't want some idiot to come along and find my book or steal it from me or something and be able to go out and start trapping these spirits Although, that I built a relationship with. The problem but, there, the problem there is, is that a better test would be like not even to tell them this rock. It would be just to say, 
there is something here. And the thing is, is that different spirits will probably make the difference known to different people. That's the this problem. This is true. This is true. But, like, if it was a very powerful spirit, maybe it would be a similar tree would uh, strike everyone. That would be an interesting experiment to have to Yeah, see, I've always that. thought that that would be a fascinating experience because, you know, it goes into the, the whole process of... Because it, it covers a lot of territory. It covers... Um, covers the common perceptions that people have and the differences. It's a way of kind of verifying encounters sometimes. It's a way of um, uh, learning the fundamentals of how to find and interact with spirits and how you build those relationships. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's interesting on a lot of different levels. Although on the flip side of that, like I said, there's probably even in the remaining forests that we have, infinite amount of spirits that you could make contact with or natural I shouldn't just say forest but natural environments and everyone's going to have contact with different spirits not entirely true because there's some spirits that are really big that might want to have the same spirit make, make contact then again getting pagan shamans occultists degree on the color of uh, their own feces would be a miracle let alone <laughs> on anything like this <laughs> right right that's true this is very true you'd have to kind of start with a, a select group and and do this experiment and and even then it might not ever apply to a larger community but i don't know these are the things that i think about when i you know like maybe someday when i retire and have lots of time that'll be my new new project Besides having two jobs and, uh, like, owning a store? Well, I said retire, you know. That means uh, retirement means I'll probably be able to cut down to two jobs and own, or one job and owning a store, right? That's right, the, right, 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 right. Right. So there you go. Two jobs, one job, owning a store. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, uh in our in our chat room, Cat just posted up a link. It's a, a someone has taken Google Maps and and Google Earth and done an overlay of ley lines and kind of. She said, uh, "Wonder how accurate that still is. This is an older map, but uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to take a look at that. I'm going to have to uh, take a few, take a little bit and, and load it up and see how it compares with uh, some of the ones that I'm aware of in my area." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. Fun project number 1,000. I know. There's always so many projects. Although, like, right, right now, like, I think, I think I'm trying to start turning down fun projects. Maybe I gotta get some projects done, I think. Period. Just finished the project. Yeah, I know. I've got, I don't know, I've got Fictional books that I'm working on, non-fictional books that I'm working on. I've got, you know, a couple acres of yard to mow. The, the, the things I have to work on span the whole spectrum. Yeah. I've got non-fictional books that still haven't been written that people at your store, including you, wanted me to write. So there you go. Writing's really tough, like, actually. Harder than people think, so. It's kind of weird. Um, I've actually been, oh, what is it? It's the, I've been going through a book on that recently. I was, um, oh, 
shoot now i'm blanking on the name of it see i got i've been writing more but i'm doing have more short-term memory sometimes but it's uh, uh a book essentially on on working on your creativity and i found it really fascinating how many t- places that the the experiments that they go through overlap with a lot of the stuff that you know i've done spiritually it's a it's really nice how it's even doing that is opening up some of the the venues for spirituality it just you know it goes back to a lot of that stuff that we've talked about before that sometimes that was that, that the, openness and flexibility is really important uh, i think i have that book was that the artist way that that's the one the artist way no i have a i actually have that book the the classic edition of it, or the the hardback edition of that, which has even more stuff in it. So um, I'll bust that out. Maybe we should read it together and uh, and kind of start working on it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I really, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, just it gives you another excuse to journal, and even playing around with your imagination opens up new venues for how you think about your spiritual work. Which I've, I don't know, I've just found that really nice thing that the two different things that i'm working on that are uh important parts of my life how they dovetail so yeah you know it is like one of the things that i think uh, well we, we only got like 10 minutes but there's no show after us what we could talk about a little bit is 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 public versus spirituality i think it's it's becoming harder you know I, for me at least this to, to have the public persona and the spirituality um, because you know it's the issue of money lately, is and I, and I think you should get paid for the work, spiritual work you do, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But so. everything has become very commoditized more recently. I mean, have you been noticing this? Like when we talk about spirituality and and uh, even self spirituality, it's very commoditized. Like everything's commoditized. Everything is all about the spectacle. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, it's that is like you can't you can't just be just like you can't just you know. uh, Well, first, I mean, I could go on and on and on about um, people having expectations like that. You know, (laughs) you don't have a life; they expect you to kind of be there as a teacher, and you're like, uh, (laughs) I have a life, but but everything's become about the spectacle less than about any kind of spirituality like I, I kind of won't talk about experiences that I'm sometimes having and that puts me in a big disadvantage versus people who want to make a spectacle out of things um, you know it's it, I, I, I do understand where you're coming from it's really hard because you know so many of our paths yours and mine both they have to do with reciprocity but we're in especially online you see a lot of like you said it's about the spectacle it's about and i I got a couple names that are right on the tip of my tongue that i won't share but it's it's all about it's all about the publicity machine it's all about being the the biggest face out there and i'm it's it's really hard um from my standpoint because i i want to find it's being hard to be authentic you know and yeah exactly yeah really hard yeah you know or be a real person like because all the, even your students, they're, they're the first ones who are, you know, ready and willing to attack you when you say something that you don't like. Because, you know, there's all these other people doing, uh, you know, 
because it's all just about let's get as much attention as you can and it's it's kind of getting sickening like as a whole thing like there's a certain level of desperation to it that's i don't know you, you know well, what I'm you know like yeah i like so here's my conundrum this, this is the part where i get in a pinch because i feel like if i want to be authentic with my students that i have to have really good uh personal relationships with them and i you know there is some uh when it comes to me st- teaching strictly i have to back off sometimes and be in teacher mode and back off a little but but you know i've, I've got i want quality people that i can really even share the times when I'm down with, like if I'm having a rough time with something, I'd like to be able to share with my my students and, and the ones that I have right now, I feel like I can. The The problem is, is um, even trying to attract new students, because I know there's other people out there would benefit with, with my teaching method and what I'm teaching people, but how to even cut through that noise so they can find me, because I don't want to be that public spectacle. I know it's I mean, a real I mean, catch twenty two. You know what I, I mean? I mean, it is a catch twenty two, and I would I would even be hesitant to, with many of the students that I have, to even share that kind of stuff with them because it just doesn't it doesn't work out, and maybe that's that I need to get better students, and and that would be a fair to critique, from from one shaman to another, but that they, you know, because of the the inhuman aspect of it is kind of like. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it's a real spectacle. Like you know, right? And uh, and you know, and that touches on something that we don't we don't have to go a lot into because although we're I mean out honestly, time, but I, I mean no, it's like but there's even, no show after us, so we we don't have to get off the. Air. Okay, well, I was going to say you I know mean, it, really, it really cuts into a topic that you and I had talked about just briefly. It's that whole authenticity thing, and like how many people aren't even being authentic to the traditions that they're saying that they're teaching. You know, I'm fully well, aware of that. And I will admit, I come up front telling you that I know some of the things that I practice are not, quote-unquote, authentic. There, there's stuff that I had to claim from other traditions in order to fill in holes in what I was learning, that sort of thing. I think the difference is, is that I'm up front about it. And I'm going to tell you in the times that I don't know or where I glean something from or or what's replaced what, that sort of thing. But there's these people that are going around making these massive claims about being, quote-unquote, authentic practitioners, and yet they're grabbing stuff left and right from other traditions because they're, I, they're it's I'm not working a, for them. I'm going to make a bold as holio statement. Okay. Here it is. Right. Usually Jason would I'm make ready. this kind of comment. Ready? Yeah. The greater the reliance on authenticity, the mm-hmm. more money the person's trying to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's probably a fair I'm critique. Just, I'm just saying it because there's there's ways of honoring stuff, but let's be honest. Like the people making that argument generally, um, I hate to say this in this way because people kind of know that you know maybe maybe they know if they've been listening to the show that my great grandmother was black you know um even though i look like a white guy you know and i that's a big reason that i did i went into voodoo right mm-hmm. um but i don't know everything in voodoo at all 
and I don't even teach voodoo uh, publicly. Like it's 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 really kind of a private thing with me and the peeps, you know. Um, but I found the people who will claim the most authenticity. It's the biggest thing about it is branding. Right. It, 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 they have to because that that uh, is what they build their brand on. And they want you to. They want you to make. They want you to think that they're the only ones that could possibly teach you this. This, quote unquote, authentic path. I won't. I won't say anything. But there's there's a lot of reason why, more and more, that I I withdrew from a lot of the community is because I don't want to. I don't want to have to confront some of these people, and and maybe some of the people you know too. I would confront them openly about the level of actual skill they actually have. Um, and a lack, level of actual ability they actually have uh, versus the level of claims that come from tradition and authenticity and, mm-hmm. um, you know, because when people are paying for a service, they expect you to get results. And quite frankly, there's a lot of people who aren't doing that. And somewhere along the line, it's, it's, it goes back to the spectacle, like this uh, raising the, the, the comments on so much on authenticity is another spectacle. Um, it, it is another spectacle because it makes you, you can attack somebody's credentials quite easily, mm-hmm. um, you know, and... Who we, we can play credential wars all day long, right? That's an easy game to play uh, in, in marketing wars, you know. And it's right, easy. Right. It, it's an easy marketing game to get. Then it's like who's better at marketing at that point? And then 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 we're back to well, you don't hear a lot of results based evidence. I'll tell you, like for the clients that I work with in general you're going to hear results-based things. I can't get results for everyone because some people, they're never going to do what you ask for. They're never going to do what you ask or they, they're asking for crazy stuff. You tell them that they don't want to hear that, so they just go somewhere else. You know, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm honest about it because I don't need to, I don't need the money. I have a day job, so I'll tell people what you're asking for is crazy for the time frame and that's not what people want to hear so we have uh, you know the instant gratification on the money side of things mm. when, when people get paid and the the, the the spectacle and the spectacle sells the spectacle sells a lot more than people think it's 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 one of the 48 laws of power in fact and it works very well and, and actually like I don't want to name any names but you were very critical of actually some of our guests that we had on our show uh, mm-hmm. be- because of this, the kind of things they were saying. Uh, you said they sound like Amway. I won't name names. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> we got in a long discussion about that. Like, you know, that kind of spectacle, that kind of authentic stuff, the, it, it, um, it sells. Right, right. Yeah, it you know. Se- I, it sells a lot. It does. Um, it really does. You're, you're absolutely right. That is... but it's terrible because then you're putting people who are honest seekers so and and 
there's people out there that are looking for more than the spectacle. And, and how do you get to them with all this background noise? That becomes well, a, a know, valid question. You know what I but mean? But I think in general, though, those people who are honest seekers are are the are the real minority. I think we have to be honest that. Um, I think a lot of everyone is seeking something, right? You know, let's be honest. Everyone is, of course, an honest seeker, but a lot of people just want experiences, and then they want to go back to their normal life. Well, this is true. I, I guess I'm not. I'm not too worried about the uh, the people. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm losing my train of thought here. I'm. I guess I'm not too worried about the people that are just looking for the spectacle or whatever. You're right. The authentic, the people that are authentically looking will find you eventually. But it just seems so weird that we're fighting such an uphill battle. You know what I mean? I don't think so. Not 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 with some of the shared spirits that we work with. I think we should intimately understand where we're at because I mean we're working with Hindu spirits we know we're in the Kali Yuga this is what the Kali Yuga is exactly described as like in in the age of ignorance this is exactly what the age of ignorance is described at in in the Vedics you know that the priests will charge exorbitant fees for things that should be simple and you know real seekers will have to travel through darkness to actually be able to find the help that they need. Like, there's, it's described. I mean, I mean, we could talk about it, but in practice we're describing it, right? Right, right. What, what is the spectacle? The spectacle, you know, when the spectacle becomes more important than anything else. And in fact, we ourselves have to admit that we're not immune to this, right? Because when we don't engage in the spectacle, we have to admit that the sales go down. You have a store, right? Uh, the website for Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole doesn't pay for itself, you know, and the, the, I make money sometimes doing work for clients, you know. Uh, so we have to admit we're also affected by the spectacle and need for spectacle. Well, no. this is true. I mean, to and okay, so another honest admission, if we're going to be honest, too. Sometimes the spectacle is necessary not only for paying the bills, but as uh, an important part of the practice itself. There's times when uh, either to get your own psyche psyched up, or the person you're trying to heal, or the initiation that you're giving, that, that there is a, a bit of showmanship. So that's part and parcel with what we do um, the hard part i think is probably is not letting the showmanship replace what we're trying to do well it's a fine line isn't it it is it really is yeah yeah how do you know where the difference is right you know because there's a lot of pressure we have to admit i am admitting that there's a lot of pressure there for anyone who's a spiritual teacher Let's admit first that uh, spiritual teachers are a lot like artists, right? And mm, there's a lot of good teachers out there, and they're not making any money. And they are you trying to tell it. me I may be well known after I'm dead? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Maybe. <laughs> but there's a lot of artists who don't make a lot of money because their showmanship is bad. And I think spiritual teachers have the same sort of problem. 
you know, and I mean, certainly when I've taken a break from the showmanship, like I'm not getting that much extra money. You know, I'm getting raises at my work because I'm putting enchantments to get those raises at work and doing the steps on the ground like how magic should work, right? Like practical magic should work in this way, you know? Life changes, reflecting uh, actual steps and trying to put it all together, you know? But, you know, I've been rather relatively quiet you know, because I've been trying to go to school and there's, there's things that you know about in my life that I've had to deal with and, you know, I've, I've been dealing with them for better or for worse, maybe worse sometimes, you know, but I, I'm magic my way through it. But I, what I haven't been doing is spectacle. Mm-hmm. And you can see what happens, you know. I can see what happens and it would be, you know, the same thing that happened to you for a while like, or the profits of your store goes down. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because I mean, if we don't, if we don't do things to make sure we stay top of mind at the, at the store, it's only a matter of time before we slip because uh, people move on to the next thing that grabs their attention or, or whatever. So yeah, balance. It's a hard one. Right. And from a, from since like, you know, from a, from mentor student relationships, these authentic student relationships that we're talking about, right? It's hard to have an authentic student-mentor relationship. First, when the students expect you to hand them everything, and second, when they they're going to jump from teacher to teacher to teacher. Right, right. How can you? That's not how it used to work in the old country. And how does that allow you to establish those? And you've had the same problem. I know right, you have, yeah, right. Yeah, so. Yeah. So Although how, I, I, I've been incredibly blessed. There have been ones you have, that... You have been far more blessed than I have. I think the days of me teaching anyone individually is almost over completely. Like, it will be... I guarantee for me it's going to be, here are my classes and you can pay for coaching. And that's it. Um, honestly. I know that sounds harsh, but it's it's better for me. Yeah, so. no, it makes sense where you're at, and and, and um, you know our paths are different enough where it, I don't hold it. I wouldn't hold that against you. It makes a lot of sense for the things that you're teaching and the way that you teach them. That doesn't. I don't hold that against you at all. It makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, because you know? it just it's uh, more upfront and. Uh, it keeps things where I want to keep them, I think. And meanwhile, you know, the way I'm teaching, the, the, the things that I'm teaching, I can, I'm experimenting actually with some of my students. We're doing more things online and via email and, and private groups and that sort of thing. But it still means that two, three, four times a year, they're going to have to trek to Jackson or meet me someplace to do ceremonies that just can't be done online. Yeah, yeah. I used to have that, and I think those days have now passed. Yeah, well, like I said, it, it, your practice, everybody's practice evolves and grows. So if it makes sense for where you're at. That's not a big. That's not a. Yeah. That's not a fault. No, no, it, it has to because it's not. It's not working out for me personally. So, um, you, you you've been far more blessed, I think. With uh, with the people who come in here, I, I have not been so blessed, and it's uh, 
When something's not working as a magician, the first thing you realize is it's not working. And you start to change it. And you own it. And you take responsibility for it. And you decide to do something different. Exactly. Right. Yep. Uh, and, and something... Uh, you make the changes that sound difficult and and then you make them because that's what mean, being a magician means. Uh, you know. Which most people don't. They don't want to make those kind of changes, right? Yeah, exactly. But the spectacle and, is, is uh, we, can, we can talk about that like, you know, again, like, because we're bound by this. We're, we're as bound by this as the people who are working it, but we're not working it well, I think. We can honestly say we're not working the spectacle well because I think in some ways uh, I might be more flamboyant when things are going pretty well, but I think in general we're kind of quiet. Well, I mean, you know, we get out here and stand in front of the public enough with podcasts and I do teach classes, you teach classes, we do stuff at events and that sort of thing um but i think for me it's more about the integrity of what i teach than i'm not going for the most authentic i'm not going to raise the most money and like you said i do have two other jobs and i'll probably end up keeping two other jobs because i'm not looking to teach uh halls full of people and, and collect huge checks I'm, I'm just interested in my own integrity at this point in time as a teacher and as a practitioner that's, very you know, true. that's, that's just kind of where i'm at I'm, I'm not reciprocity is such an important part of my tradition that there has to be some sort of reciprocity. So I'm, I'm not teaching anything for free. You can't see the air quotes, but um, I, I'm just at a point where I'm, I'm not looking to teach the masses and collect these huge paychecks and have your, you know, the shamanism cruise. You can join us in the Bahamas and be initiated. Well, if you'd like to join Andrea and the shamanism cruise in the Bahamas, contact <laughs> me with the cruise details. I'll be there. I'll make it worth your while. It'll be interesting. I'll tell you that. Summoning the Fae on a carnival cruise ship. Yeah. As if they didn't have enough problems. I know, right? <laughs> that'll probably be the worst see no see there's a thing right Jason has now and, and and Rebecca you know my fiance is now within like a reasonable degree of certainty seeing me do uh, stupid levels of weather control on multiple occasions that I really uh, and when I do it I lose my humanity like and it's not good like I do not, I'm not in a human mindset when I do it, and it's not a good idea. <laughs> like, literally, they have to tell me, knock that shit off, because, like, shit's going sideways, and you don't care. <laughs> like, and that's something that we talk about in the shapeshifting class. Like, like, shit's going sideways, and you're laughing about it. This is not really good. <laughs> you know, 
Thank you, Cat. I'm going to, Cat in the chat room just added Bahama Shaman. <laughs> That's my new name. That's you. Add that the is Bahama Shaman. When you post this show up, that's got to be the hashtag. Hashtag shadow people, hashtag Bahama Shaman. <laughs> the thing is, the, there, there is, uh, like, of course, uh, magical systems coming out of Bahamas, like Obey, and that's out of Jamaica. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, I, I'm i not denying stuff, that, so. any of that. I'm just, I'm having, I'm, I'm thinking more uh, Carnival Cruise Ship than I am authenticity. But that comes down to the spiritual tourism stuff, too, right? You know, yeah, true, true. Are those people really interested in making contact with the spirit? Now, I said in the shapeshifting course, my shapeshifting course, that it really takes a whole year to break down your mental structures and energy structures to really kind of be able to handle somebody having a real contact with the spirit. I think that's true. I think that, like, it takes a year of breaking things down before you could reasonably not. You should really, any spiritual contact before you're ready, you should run into error. That should be. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, even, I, with, I'm even with an you're angel, right. you're right. Even with an angel, you should run away in terror. Like, if it's like you're not ready, it should be like you running in terror. The dead, an angel, anything, it should be like truly a horrifying experience if you haven't strengthened your mind. Like, and if you're not, you know, like that's why early chaos magicians were always like fake it till you make it because you're going to be faking it a lot of the time when you're first doing some of these, you know, <laughs> when you're first starting out. And then, then you get to the point where, Oh shit, something's here and it should freak you out because there's no other way to describe it. Right? Like it should freak you out the first few times, any spirit contact. Right, so that's not what I think people are looking for on those Bahama shamans cruises. You know, it's it's not. They're looking to feel good, and they're using various techniques of hypnosis and energy work to really kind of pull the ecstasy um, um, vibe, and that's good enough for a lot of people. That actually is probably helps them uh, live their day to day life. So there's no judgment on my part, like that. For a lot of people, that's enough to get them through whatever right, they need right. to get through, right? You know, and and that's all they want. It's us that have some sort of um, judgment about what people are seeking out, and maybe we need to adjust our expectations there because we're elitist, hardcore shaman, magician type people. <laughs> I don't know if I'm elitist or I'm grouchy old man. You can you can decide for yourself. Yeah, 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 you can decide. But we are the ones who have those expectations. I think, I think you know, like the neo tantric stuff. I think there's a lot of it. When I look at it, it um, it doesn't ha it doesn't even have baseline understanding of actual tantric philosophy, mm -hmm. right, and mechanisms, uh, but. It makes people happy, and that's good enough. You know, that's that's good enough. And that's like when Zach, Zach, you know, Louis, he was sometimes, you know, he comes on the show too. He's, he's China, in America, would be known as a Chinese doctor. Uh, let's face facts, you know. This goes back to the nature of spectacle, right? Mm -hmm. when, when I first had him research out some of these mindfulness 
trainings that these companies are doing, it's not about mindfulness at all. It's about happiness training. It's about making anchors to happiness. And that gets people through the day. It's kind of insidious in a way. I could go on like how that's, we, we could talk about that like, you know, in some ways I could talk about antidepressants in this way too, not for everyone, but I could talk about antidepressants, the happiness wellness culture, all of it as kind of the avoidance of pain as a, as a prison in some ways too. It, because it's part of the spectacle, right? Like, you know, um, sure, you can anchor yourself and, you know, make yourself feel any way you want to. And making yourself feel happy doesn't necessarily make anything have meaning. It just yeah, means true. that it just means you're happy about stuff that maybe you shouldn't be happy about. It doesn't mean that you actually think what you're doing has any more meaning. It just means you're happy about it. That is like any other drug. Yeah, I, I was just in my brain making the comparison between that and, and like oxy. You know, people that are just whatever it takes to numb the pain and, and pretend that I'm happy. Well, that's, I think, why you have a... I'm convinced, and there's research to back it up, that's, that's why we have such a drug problem right now. I mean, they tested this with... Well, we had people on the show medical um, doctors already talk about the rat park experiments that they've now replicated with humans, which is a very simple idea, right? Rats, when they have the same consistency, the same, um, they have the same um, level of, um, I can't think of the word, they have the same level of number of rats uh, per area as. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, where they top off the limit concentration, of, the yeah. con same concentration as people in a city. Rats will almost always that given a choice between water and water spiked with heroin will go and use as much heroin as they can possibly do. Mm -hmm. Rats that have a that get transported to Rat Park, as it were, which has a much lower concentration of, of rats per area stop using the heroin on their own. And that's been replicated now in humans. So what we think about drug uses comes down to self-medication. Uh, a lot less than this moral failing that people think it's, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's a social problem. It's a social, um, cultural problem. And I think you're seeing more and more of this problem of a drug problem because people are more and more in pain. And that's also why I think you're seeing more and more people lash out because they're more and more in pain and they don't understand why. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. You don't understand why they're in so much pain. They don't understand why it's getting harder to make the money. They don't understand all this, right? Because 
you know, not everyone's going to study global economics to understand all that. And it's kind of like what I'm saying with the spirits, right? Do you, I mean, we, we contact spirits and, we, you know, try to make things better. And they're sort of a strength sometimes. Some, sometimes they're a pain in the butt, but... Um, <laughs> Well, I, I I think okay. So here's where here's where I go on my my broad statement that'll be sure to incite something. The um, I think that's one of the big problems with the the showmanship mentality of some of the practitioners. And and I'm gonna level this playing field by saying we're talking about pagans, neo pagans. We're talking about some of the some of the Buddhist traditions. We're talking definitely about a lot of the Christian traditions where. When the show becomes more important than actually helping people oh, I, I, have uh, fulfilling lives, I, that's, I think you that's can, part you can, of the, the, the cancer of what's going on. Is you, you is can the, talk about that with the cultists. You can talk yeah. about that with any religion. I think you certainly are right to include Christians in there. Like you watch, uh, watch the Christian ministries, right? That is about showmanship. It's you know, if, but they're getting if you we've actually you know we're really doing a disservice because this is this is an area where a large swash of humanity is really hurting, and that's what these practices are supposed to be for is helping with that pain and helping people adjust and find different mindsets yeah, and not necessarily be happy but to heal. But I suspect not there. I suspect that you know there's there's shamans like yourself, and you may on a, a, a graceful day to me call me a shaman, uh, you know, when you're being graceful to me, <laughs> uh, or a magician, you know. But we're the, we're the irritants in the system. True, true. But I mean, uh, but, but that, hear me we're out. not supposed like, to be, though, I think. That's the thing. I think we are supposed to be the irritants in the system. Right. What did you know? If you, you read Marx's theory on religion, he was not favorable towards religion. Barring that, religion is not magic. I will say that for right now, and I think mm -hmm. you'd agree with me. Religion is not magic. Right. Magic right. is very different. And and when you're doing religion as shamanism, the shaman religion is very different than the magic that you do as a shaman. Like the magic is its own thing. You know, it, it is very different from the religious aspects of all this. You know, even um, Marx would say, these are all the opiates for the masses. That's his famous quote. But right, you right. see that time and time and time again. Now, as a magician, we know there's nothing opiate about magic at all. Like, nothing. But that's different because the magician, or I think the real shaman, or the witch who has actual power you know, is an irritant to the system. It's a, it's um, like it. Th they thrive despite the system. Okay, so let me phrase it this way. Um, I'm, you're correct, I suppose, in a, in a way if I look at it. Uh, let me phrase it this way. We're supposed to be an irritant to the system, but a balm to the people. Are we? I, I think so. I think the are people we that are supposed to be an irritant to the people too. It depends on how heavily they're invested in the system versus people who are really seeking help, right? Because a bomb to many of the people would just say, 
If it feels good, do it. That's not what you tell your students. Oh, apparently, they've never had some of the balms I've had. The, the, there's a difference, though, between being a bomb and supporting someone's great work of magic, someone's greater aspirations. By merely trying to have a follow a greater aspirations of meaning, you're no longer, uh, I think, having them fulfill the role of the 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 role that society is putting them. It's by virtue of that fact antinomial. And it is not necessarily a bomb at all. You are trying to encourage them to go against things. You're trying to encourage them to actually rise above their station to become what they may be possible. I think that is that's a noble pursuit, but I don't think that's bombing. I think that's actually like trying to encourage them to take the road of knives. And if you think now, see, about I it, actually uh, see maybe that's just the difference between traditions. Maybe that's the difference between looking at stuff from a, a magician's or a ceremonial magician's standpoint as opposed to a, a more shamanic standpoint. Because from no, my perspective, from, no, 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 hear me out. You're in a shamanic system, uh, traditions, yes, there are times when we have to go against the system and, and 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 be an irritant to the system. But our overall task, what does a shaman do? A shaman interacts with the spirits on behalf of their community. So it's part and parcel with our job to interact with the spirits to try to help the people. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. And you cannot possibly in any reasonable way tell me that's bombing. It, it can be. It depends on what you're doing. Uh, I mean, if I the overall... Even, even I know enough about what, what you do with the stones to know when you're confronting those internal personal demons, that's not bombing. That's not the easier road. Like, oh, no, no, I'm not. Don't mistake a balm for an easier road. What is a balm? A balm is an introduction of substances that's intended to heal, and it's not always comfortable, but it's intended I to heal. Do that I would agree with the, the notion of healing. But I'm actually talking about actual healing, and I'm going to say that that's the harder road that's what's being offered. It's almost always the harder road nowadays to actually have people heal or actually uh, improve themselves or actually do any of it. Like, I'm, no, no, that's not to say, like, like this isn't to say, like, yeah, you know, you, you know, on you know, I often act as a messenger for on behalf of the community, for better or for worse, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But right, right. It doesn't mean that the messages are e that's the easier road. The easier road is sleep. Like, we have to be honest about that. What we are asking people to do isn't. The, I guess I took offense to the word bomb. Because for me, bomb just soothes things. That's not what we're asking them to do. We're like slapping them in the face and saying, wake up. <laughs> you know, yeah, you need real healing, not not. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm thinking of, of, of the I'm thinking of it like here. This might this this is put this on this cut. It's going to sting, but it'll keep it from getting infected. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm not I'm not necessarily thinking. Uh, uh, um, you know your your skin lotion your, that you got from Bath and Body Works that you're using after your bath. Uh, uh, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I 
Yeah, but you see what I'm getting at, right? Yeah, I do. I completely see what you're getting at. I, I, I don't think we, I don't think we disagree at all. I think maybe no, we're just using I, different, I different I, words. I think I took, for took offense to the word bombing because I was like, and our, our job isn't as a spiritual teacher ever to make things easier. But, but if you get offended by it, how are we going to possibly sell this giant vat of Bahamut shaman balm? We're screwed. We just, <laughs> we, we just, we just canceled all our sales. We just <laughs> screwed our spectacle up. My God, Jim. My Bomb, God. Bahamut shaman balm. When you need healing, fast. Ah, we suck at this so bad. <laughs> We suck at this whole sh- selling the shaman game so bad. We need lessons. Uh, so now we've we've gone. You know, we were fairly straightforward the first hour, but now that we've gone into this half hour over, I don't know if people are loving or hating this that we ramble like this. But I, I think they're loving it. But we've been pretty consistent. But it's <laughs> but we 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 really suck at salesmanship, and we just. Telling people the truth. Oh, my God. God, I might, you know, if I have spare time at work tomorrow, I might be designing that Bahaman, Bahaman Shaman Balm uh, uh, label just just as a fun totally. project to use as my Facebook totally. cover picture or something. Totally. No one would get it unless they listened to the show. No, it would be hilarious having people try to figure out. I Now, what's really going to be hilarious is when I get the actual, like, sales inquiries. Like, is this something you're selling? Can we get a wholesale sure. price? There you go. <laughs> so I want to answer. I want to. I, I want to answer Cater's uh, uh, questions. They right. ask, "How do you know if someone has real powers or just being a showman?" And I will say, ninety-nine percent of the time, unless you get to know them, you won't. Mm, yeah, that's probably fair. Um, and if you get to know them, unless they're trying to make a point, and um, gurus will sometimes do this. And Jim has seen me do this, where I'm trying to make a point, um, where I'm showing a city, uh, and it's clearly that I'm showing a spiritual power for the purpose of showing what's possible. I'd say you've seen me do that on Mm -hmm. purpose. Um, And it's not to really show off, uh, because it doesn't get you... To be honest, it doesn't get me more money when I do something like this. It scares the hell out of people. And the reason to do it is to show people what is possible so that maybe five years later, they will look upon the spectacle with disdain and hopefully look to themselves to see what is possible. Um, Some gurus will do that kind of thing. Um, And then you know they have real power and I guess then at that point, Emperor, beware, because then you might want to study with that person. You might not. Usually people get into hero worship or thinking that they have to solve all your problems, but that's not what a mentor is supposed to do. Or that's not what a teacher is supposed to do. Right. Um, and I, I think you're, I think it, in a lot of ways, it mimics... Uh, or, or is identical to the stuff that we see with other forms of spiritual accounting. You 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 observe, you verify, and you keep track of the information. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, Jim's. I've known Jim as a good friend, and and sometimes he learns from me. You know, and he he seen me pull off some radically effed up things. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Sometimes not intentionally. Um, sometimes it's just because my back was against the wall. Honestly, against the wall. Like, literally doing an exorcism and uh, shit got real, <laughs> as they say. Other times it was to prove a point. And that, that's the, the, the example. Uh, I'm getting a little older now and I have less points to prove. So you might see that less. Like, for me, personally, that doesn't mean anyone who remember. But I'm not so much about the spectacle, so people might not remember uh, some of the things that I've done, even five years ago. Um, the point that I was trying to prove was what you could, what could be possible with magic, which goes so far beyond what you think, uh, what people who generally present the spectacle are presenting. You know, it, it is so far. Um, it's so far beyond. Uh, uh, it saddens me, and sometimes how people cheapen what is actually possible. I don't just mean in physical results, but I mean there's truly wonders out there, and the spectacle cheapens the wonders that are actually out there. Hmm. It, it cheap. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I do. I have. I have a. Uh... I have a, an example that is completely outside of metaphysics completely. Like the spectacle, the cults of personality, all of these things cheapen what you could experience. Right. Because, yep. and, and it cheapens the relationship that people have with, that they could have with people, which they could have authentic relationships. I have, I have a good relationship with Jim, and I, I, I mean, with some of my students, I still have good relationships. I'm still going to teach them. Just because I, I, I'd be hesitant to take new students on, they would just have to get to know me, right, really well. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a human being. I might be a powerful magician, but I'm a flawed human being, right? I have areas I need to work on, you know, and nobody wants to see that. Because they think, you know, if you can show these great spiritual powers, you know, you should be perfect in all areas. But that's not the truth. You know, that's not the truth at all. We're all weak in some areas. We all need help. And and people don't understand. It just because that that's that's that in the spectacle everything's perfect in the spectacle. And real life is flawed and cracked and it's it's um, it's rough around the edges, and it's you know it, it's imbalanced at times. It, it, it's ugly, you know. It's perfect in its imperfection. It's as the spectacle is always an illusion, and always presents exactly what you want to hear. Well, my friend, I hate to do it, but after going a half hour over, I have to go do some other things before I retire for the evening. Well, I do too. I have to go to the store. <laughs> go to the store. Do some but other it's, stuff. It's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you having me on again tonight. Now, I'm looking forward to being on uh, more in the future as, a, as yeah. either a guest or as a guest no, no, host. No. I think... There'll be times that you, it'll be you and Jason, especially come October. 
I guarantee it'll be you and Jason. Once he figures out, we got to get him trained. So if anyone wants to help train Jason on how to work the broad Sam Broadcaster, please, please help him. Help him. <laughs> he, he needs so he needs help to get into work. Uh, and we're gonna have we're, we're we're gonna have our show notes. I know that uh, the Parax people need me to get the show notes to them. I'm going to include you on as an occasional co-host, uh, you know, Jim. So hope you don't mind. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, and and maybe, like I said, we're going to, you know, maybe have a couple other co-hosts come on occasionally once we, uh, we see what happens. Because I know come October, oh, it's going to get real for Andrea. Oh, yeah, it's going to get real again once I start school. <laughs> and then maybe we have to work with uh, Eric uh, a little bit and everyone a little bit to see maybe we can what we can do. Because I know I have class Tuesday nights again. So we'll see what we can do. All right. Uh, sounds good. Move the show out or not. But that said, I will again take us out with the Illuminus. I want everyone... Thanks for listening to us ramble. I think it was an intelligible ramble. Uh, and we will, we'll ramble more often. Next time we'll ramble with alcohol. Yeah, well, if you guys are willing to uh, uh, somebody buy us a big dinner next time we're together, we'll ramble in live stream mode there. We'll... Actually, when you get us drinking and talking live stream and arguing shamanic points, you'll see Jim and me agree much more often than we don't agree, actually. And then, then we start ripping on people, and you get names. Right. You'll get but names. But it, it's a lot funner when we disagree, and you're actually seeing us face-to-face, because you, then you could actually watch us hop around in our seats and wave our arms. And, and flail. That's right. I, <laughs> I don't actually think there's many places that we disagree. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't actually... I think mostly when we disagree, it's like... I just tend to be a little bit more cynical and not by much. And actually, he, he, you've gotten way more cynical. Well, here's – all right. So here's the secret for those of you that are listening. that when, when Andrea and I disagree, there are a lot of times I suspect that he agrees with me or I agree with him, but we're arguing just because we kind of like to argue. Yeah, over alcohol? Hell yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Makes for an interesting conversation at that point. Uh, but mostly the answer is yes, no, maybe. And we're just, no. we both know the answer is yes, no, maybe. And we're just taking a side. And then tomorrow we'd answer opposite directions just for fun. Just, just because. Yeah, just because it's fun. That's how it rolls. And with that, we will become illuminated by listening to the Luminists, and we'll talk to everyone next week. Hopefully, Jason has had some good luck painting his house in the day he took off. <laughs>